Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. Hello, listeners of the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am wondering, how are you feeling? Are you listening to this as you do something meaningful? Or are you listening to this as you're just being, driving, walking, It doesn't matter in what situation you're at. I am very grateful that you are here. If you are new to the show, I want you to know that I am a school principal in search of wisdom so I can best serve my community. As part of this show, I interview luminary figures as I believe humanity can be better if they learn from them. In essence, the purpose of this podcast is to learn about the side B of the luminary figure, meaning what makes them be who they are. It is also an opportunity to express gratefulness for the perhaps even more luminary figures that inspired the interviewee. Today I have the distinguished honor of interviewing Dr. Anthony McConnell, who is the superintendent of school district 113A. I met Dr. Anthony McConnell uh, a few weeks ago when uh, he invited me to present to aspiring principals. What a great honor that I had of sharing my experiences, my growth and my glows. And I also had an opportunity to interact and spend time, meaningful time, with Dr. McConnell, uh, members of his team, members of my team at dinner and uh, talk like human beings. And uh, he caught my attention, so I asked him to be part of the show. And I'm very grateful that he has accepted to be in the show. So, so excited to get into the interview. Let's do this. Anthony McConnell, who are you? Well, hi, I'm I'm Anthony McConnell. I'm the superintendent in District 113A, and I'm a husband and father of two kiddos, um, a daughter who's an eighth grader and a son who is in fourth grade. And I live in Frankfurt, Illinois, and I have been in public education for over a, uh, well over a, a decade now uh, across the state. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So for the listeners of the show, can you walk us through your professional trajectory up to this point? Yeah, sure. I was a, uh, I started out as a uh, social studies teacher in Rock Island, Illinois at Rock Island High School, which is a, a fantastic, fantastic school and community uh, directly on the other side of the state from Chicago area. And I also taught ELL uh, there, EL students. Uh, we had a large you know, population of students from Central Africa and, and uh, Burma that were coming to our high school. So I got my master's, my first master's degree was in English language learning. And I worked with some other teachers on a sheltered English program for those students. And uh, then in, in 2013, I started my administrative career as an assistant principal in Deerfield. 
I moved across the state to the north suburbs, and I was a assistant principal, principal, assistant superintendent, and superintendent in Deerfield. And then for the last two years, I've been the superintendent here in Lamont. Fantastic. So let me ask you a couple of, uh, how come did you decide to become a teacher? You know, I always, uh, I always thought that teaching was something that I would like to do. I mean, I did some other things before I, I got into education. I, I didn't start teaching until it was later in my my twenties, and but I it always sort of stuck in my mind that at some point in my life I would love to be a teacher. I would love to give back. Um, I would love to work with students. And, you know, it, you know, it was something that, you know, throughout the different things I did in my 20s, I remember when I became a teacher, my grandmother, um, who was a very important person in my life, when I started teaching, um, during my first year of teaching, I remember her saying to me, I was talking about it one time, and she said, that's what I thought you would do. You know, like, you know, she, she just sort of knew, you know, about me that, that, that that's who I was. And, you know, so it was fitting for me to end up in education, I believe. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And then uh, let's continue in that trajectory. Who, what happened that you decided, hey, I want to be an administrator? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, like a lot of people who move into administration, you know, they become involved in things in their schools and they think like, oh, you know, I, I could do that. And, you know, I could contribute that way. You know, and for me, really, I think the thing that sort of spurred me to to even want to do my administrative degree or my master's in, in school leadership was working with all of the EL students that I worked with. Um, there was just a realization that there that school wasn't designed for them where I was. Everybody was working really hard and they were doing, you know, everything they could. But you know, from a, from a design and administrative standpoint, um, you know, schools aren't really in the United States designed to serve a hundred kids all at once who haven't been in formal school since, you know, in five or six years and who are now in an American high school, right? Like the, the, the apparatus for services for those students just really weren't fully there, which is what me and my colleagues created you know, as best we could, a, a program for those students. And so it got me thinking about, well, what other gaps exist in the systems for kids? You know, I mean, what, what other things are there? And if I can help in this small way, maybe I can help in another way, in a larger sense, you know, being in school administration. Awesome. So, Thank you for sharing that journey. So like in Back to the Future, if you can mm-hmm. go back in time and you can pick any of the positions you've, you have held What would be one or two pieces of advice you will give to your younger self? You know, one of the things I think I would say is, you know, I loved being a principal. I was a principal in Deerfield at just an amazing, amazing, I mean, Deerfield has a lot of amazing schools, but, um, you know, Kipling Elementary School is where I was a principal. I still keep in touch with the staff there absolutely wonderful families absolutely wonderful kids um and students and and people there that i'll remember all my life and the period of time that i was a a principal at kipling was just such a fun wonderful time and you know i I guess i would give my younger self the advice you know it's like i moved on from the principalship when an opportunity arose right 
But, you know, I kind of wish I would have stayed there a little longer uh, because, you know, it was such a wonderful, perfect time. We were doing such good things that, you know, when the opportunity arose, I, I took it to move on. But I would tell my younger self now, which isn't like that many years, my younger self, you know, it's only six, five or six years ago. Um, I would tell my younger self, slow down. You know, there, there's I mean, I love what I do now as superintendent. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there was that moment in my life that I wish that would have lasted a little longer. And, you know, I, I would tell my younger self, like, take a deep breath, slow down. Everything will come. Everything happens in time. Enjoy, enjoy your ride and where you're at. Very wise. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, this is a broad question. Who do you learn from? Oh, you know, I learned from, you know, professionally, Uh, I learned from, um, you know, professionally, I learned from like many colleagues. I mean, you're, you know, uh, Mike Lubefeld, who's your superintendent there in, in District 112, is one of my mentors. I feel like I've learned, you know, an immense amount from him. And I call him all the time when I have questions. I, I learn a lot from just my other superintendent colleagues. You know, I mean, not not one of us has monopolies on every you know every situation but somebody's always dealt with something that you're dealing with so it's really good to just reach out and there's a good network of people but i would say definitely professionally mike uh, jeff zoll uh, is also one of my mentors that i keep in touch with and i learn from him um and you know other people i've met you know through the through through the journey i but i you know i also learn from my my own kids you know my daughter and my son and watching them through their school experience um and i you know i learn a lot from our students and watching how they interact with the world and what feedback they have and um, what thought they have to help me know how to get better but things that we can do to improve the conditions for them fantastic did you Did you find that superintendents have more accessibility to network and, and kind of like exchange ideas than when you were a principal? You know, I don't know. I think it's, I think the opportunities there are the same because I've been involved even when I was a principal with IPA, the Illinois Principals Association for a long time. I mean, IPA is a fantastic organization. I mean, we're really lucky in Illinois to have like IPA and IESA and IASBO and all the professional organizations we have because they're all top notch. And so I found a lot of opportunity to network and do things as a principal as well um, by being involved in organizations through IPA. I think the difference is, is, is in, as a superintendent is, um, you know, when you get together with superintendents, you know, you're there's an understanding and a realization that you're you're all the only person in the district that does that job you know there there may be more principles um but there's an, an understanding and, and conversation that that um and you know and advice and sharing of feedback and ideas that's a little bit different because everybody realizes they're in the same boat where they're the only person in the district in that role wow Let me ask you one more follow-up question uh, for for the listeners of the show who might be thinking or aspiring to be superintendents at one point. The question is, what changed in your life when you switch from being a principal to being a superintendent? How did your life change? Mm. Well, 
you know, it's, I think the biggest change is the, um, the understanding that you're responsible for all of it, right? You know, as a principal, I'm responsible for my building, but there's somebody above me who's helping like direct my, you know, work a little bit. And as a superintendent, there's somebody above me, which is the board of education that I'm working with. Um, you know, but ultimately the superintendent and the board is where everything ends, right? So, you know, usually if things come to me, they've already gone to a principal, they've already gone to an assistant principal or an assistant superintendent or, or something like that. So the problems become more complex, I think. And, uh, you know, they become a little bit larger uh, of things to solve and figure out. And And the other thing that I would say about the superintendency that I think a lot of people don't realize from moving from principal is regardless of what uh, district you're in, there are a lot more responsibilities as a superintendent that have to do with finances, facilities, um, that, like the insurance, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of, of managing an organization than what you deal with as a principal, right? I would say as a principal, your, your, your main focus, you're dealing with school culture and you're dealing with student learning. And as a superintendent, you're thinking about culture and student learning, you know, but you also have to make sure that, you know, your facilities have a plan to have a boiler replaced in three years. And, you know, you got to make sure that you're monitoring the budgets or the people that you work with are doing that. And so there's more of a responsibility to some of the nuts and bolts of the organization as a superintendent. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing all that wisdom and knowledge. Um, who is or who are your biggest influences? My biggest influences, huh? I think my, you know, my biggest influences for me is, you know, my, my, my family, you know, my wife and uh, my kiddos. Um, you know, my wife is a, an incredible professional in her own right. You know, she works in psychiatry. She, you know, has an incredible heart. She does some, you know, amazing things for people. And I'm, I'm sort of inspired by her all the time. Uh, and the work that she does and the things that she's done and she's been part of. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, professionally, like I said, there's, you know, the, the, the people that I have mentioned on here, you know, I learn a lot from my team, my administrators, you know, I have some administrators who are newer and younger and, you know, they inspire me by their energy and passion and how much they want for their schools. And, you know, so, uh, you know, if I was to be specific, I'd say my family, you know, the people I'd mentioned, you know, like Mike, and then, you know, also my team, you know, they're all very inspiring people to me. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. So as you know, being successful includes being on top of our productivity, but this can mean so many different things to so many people. What does productivity means for you and what advice do you have? Oh, um, so I will tell you, I'm one of those people that constantly feels like I am, uh, for lack of a better word, procrastinating, right? Like, I feel like I'm procrastinating all the time. Um, and I was talking to somebody and I was talking about the things I'm doing, like I'm working on a new book 
and I'm, I'm almost finished with my pilot's license. So like I fly every weekend, I've got just a couple of hours left where I take my test and I've got something else going on. And I said, I just don't feel like I'm getting enough done. And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it's, but, but interestingly, like for me, that's kind of like what drives me, right? Is like, I always feel like I'm not like what, what's next? Like what else is there? Or if I stop and I'm doing something, you know, if I'm watching a TV episode, I'm like, gosh, should I really be watching a TV episode? Like, shouldn't I be doing X, Y, Z, you know? And, and, um, you know, so for me, that's, that, that's one of the things that, that drives me. And I'm also, uh, I, I, one of the secrets for me, one of the best books I think I ever read, one of my favorite authors is, uh, Atul Gawande and his book, um, his many books, but he's two books that I think are incredible and they're incredible professional books for any educators. One is called the checklist manifesto. And, you know, Atul Gawande is a physician and he talks about, uh, the use of checklists in different industries. And it's just an incredible book on organization. And then his, the other book that I highly recommend is called better. And it's, it, it's, it's about his life as a surgeon and how he's just constantly, and he uses different examples where people are just in constantly in seeking to improve from where they are right now. And there's just some incredible, incredible examples of that. Uh, and those two books are, are really, I, I think really, really great books on productivity. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I didn't know about, I'm a believer on checklist, but I didn't know there was uh, this, this book. So I'm going to search it. Thank you. Oh, so you love it. Yeah. Let's continue on the topic of productivity. So, uh, as you mentioned, you're a co-author of a book, uh, by the way, The Principal Principle, 10 Principles for Leading Exceptional Schools. And now you mentioned that you are working on a second one. In terms of productivity, what advice do you have for future authors? on how to organize themselves in getting a book from an idea to an actual published book. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not necessarily one of those people. So the first thing that I would say is, is, you know, allow your idea some time to marinate, right? You know, you don't, you know, allow it some time to just kind of be and develop in your own mind. And the other thing that I would say about uh, writing a book that that is incredibly important, it's incredibly helpful for me, is, you know, the the, the actual writing the book, you know, uh, 60,000 words, that part is actually the easiest part. The hardest part is organizing it and putting the effort in ahead of time, right? So if I think that I'm going to sit down and write 60,000 words, Like that's really overwhelming for me. But if I break out the book into chapters and then into subsections and then into, you know, vignettes and then into different pieces and, you know, you get an outline that's multiple pages long, then instead of sitting down to write 60,000 words, you, you're sitting down to write a section at a time, right? Not even a chapter at a time, you know, just a a story or a piece or, you know, and it's all organized from start to finish. And so that's, that really helped me when I would sit down is then you can just like a checklist, you can just 
check away. And before you know it, uh, you're pretty much done. I mean, when when Jeff and I did the principal principle, we talked about it for a couple months. We outlined it. But then uh, I believe we wrote it over uh, six weekends, you know, wow, the entire the entire fast. book. Wow. Right. So because it was all planned and then you just sit down and we would sit down for four or five hours every Saturday and just chapter and then the next weekend chapter and then the next weekend the next chapter That's because nice. everything that you're going to write about you know it's already pre-outlined and pre-planned and to me at least for me i mean there's millions of ways to do it i'm sure uh but for me that's what worked really really well was investing a lot of time up front in really outlining it in a good concrete fashion and then you can just sit down and just chunk it away wow. so you have like a map of where you're uh, going yeah. Wow, yeah. that's that's such a great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. So let's continue in the writing part. Uh, you uh, completed your doctorate at Western Illinois. Uh, obviously, completed some sort of dissertation. There's listeners of the show in doctoral programs considering or maybe in the dissertation stage. Um, what lessons did you learn in your program as a doctoral student? And in terms of the dissertation, what advice do you have? Well, I, you know, as a, a doctoral student, I, I would say the, the best advice I could give is just realize it's a, it's a long journey, right? And just one, put one foot in front of another as you're going through the journey. And the dissertation is very similar to what I said with, you know, I actually, I, I think I, I started writing the book right after I finished my dissertation. So I, I graduated in December and I, or I, I finished my dissertation in like May and I started writing the book in June. So, and it was because like I was really practiced at writing and that way of thinking. Writing this one's actually harder than writing the last one because I'm, I'm sort of out of practice. <laughs> but, the, but it was because of the dissertation because, you know, you look at that as a chapter at a time. So you do chapter three and then... You know, you go back and you do your literature review and your literature review is just really just checking off a bunch of things. It's all organizing it ahead of time. And, um, you know, that would be my, you know, my advice is is to not think of it as as, you know, a big, huge thing that you have to accomplish. But think of it as much smaller things that you have to accomplish. And over time, you know, you just add those up. And it, it, it makes the bigger dissertation. Beautiful. Thank you for that advice. I appreciate that. This has been such a great conversation, Anthony. Uh, any last words for the listener of the show? Um, you, no, you know, I would just say that's, you know, I'm honored to be in education. You know, I'm honored to know you and, and, you know, have met you and worked with you. And, you know, I am constantly inspired by other educators and what they're doing, no matter what level they're at if they're you know from you know doing a superintendent job to you know driving a bus to you know teaching in a classroom um we're all there for kids and i constantly find inspiration in all of that so i appreciate you being here and carrying all of that on Thank you so much for being uh, uh, in, as part of um, uh, of our show today have a great evening Anthony All right thank you Thank you so much. This has been the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. Wisdom and productivity, peace and calm.